Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump into our word. And surely grateful for the worship that has gone forth that sets the tone every week for what we do in worship. And I'm excited um, about how God has been sharing with us in this series called We Are Not Normal. And uh, it hasn't been a normal series for me uh, teaching, but man, we are not normal and God's been blessing us. So man, if you have your word, go ahead and, uh, and open up your word with me to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two. We've been hanging out in Acts for the majority of the season, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there uh, back there again. But man, I felt something a little bit different that we were supposed to teach on today, really in line with where we've been going. Uh, but man, we, we, we needed to jump here today uh, for, this, for this text that we're going to look at. First uh, Peter chapter two, and we're going to look in verse number five. First Peter chapter two in verse five, continuing this series, we are not normal. First Peter chapter two, verse five reads like this. I'm reading from the NIV and it says, you are living stones. Ooh, everybody in the room say with me, living stones. I haven't been able to do that in so long. I'm sorry. That just felt so good. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust, in, who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. I love this part, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation, God's very own possession. God's very own possession. Man, leave something in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to come back to that, but we're going to take a look in the book of James. The book of James chapter 1. We're going to look in verse uh, number 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. And it reads like this. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And I love this. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting 
what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in all they do. We are not normal. That's the series that we're in, and I'm going to preach a message today called Just Do It. Just do it. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we get to gather together as a family. Lord, I thank you for, man, the the faces that are in the crowd today, Lord, for those that are watching online today, God, we need your blessing today. Lord, we need to feel your spirit. We need to read and and listen and to understand your word, Lord, so that we can apply it to our lives. And God, I pray that as as we dissect your word, as we jump in, as we look into what your scriptures say, God, that they would jump back at us, Lord, that they would come alive and ignite the fire of your Holy Spirit on the inside of us, Lord, that we would be, uh, uh, man, effectors of change in this world, that, that we would, man, go into this world from a dynamic standpoint and have an impact that is life-changing on our family, that's life-changing on our friends, that's life-changing on our workplace, God, that's life-changing even on the Zoom calls that we're on, God, that in every way, God, that you would be glorified in our lives. We believe the word has the power to do that, God. And as we explore it today, Lord, let us see you in it and all that you've called us to be. And we give you the glory for that and all that you do. In Jesus' name, we pray together Amen. 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 We are not normal. Just do it. Just do it. I'm excited for this word today. I'm actually glad, honestly, to be in this series um, because as the Holy Spirit really has been been speaking through me. And and let me just be honest, as he's been speaking to me (laughs) uh, in this series, man, I've been challenged. I've been utterly challenged and and really checked by this series and, and, and my hope is that all those watching, all those in the crowd, that you've, you have been too, that, right? That you've been checked, right, by the word, that you've been challenged by the word. And, and, and here's why. Uh, the reason why I hope you've been challenged and checked uh, is because I believe it's vitally important for all of us to examine ourselves, right? I, I think that's such a key component that sometimes we miss in life. And during this season, I've been just so reminded of the need that we all have to examine ourselves and really figure out the places where we've been normalized, where we have succumbed to what is normal in the world versus what the word says. If there's anything that's challenged me, it's, I mean, I've, I, man, with everything going on with COVID, everything going on, man, with the protests and, and even the election coming up, man, it's just, and even with, with people, with conversations that I've had, it's shown me, man, you know what? I, 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 need, I need to make sure that I'm right. I, I, need, I need to make sure that I'm examining myself and checking myself even before I start checking other people. Lord, deal with me. Let me make sure that my heart is cleansed and that my heart, we talked about that last week, about the, the condition and the position of our hearts. Lord, let me start with me and make sure that my heart position is in the right place, that my heart condition is where it needs to be. Because there's the thing about it, when you start stop to think for just a moment about it, right? When you start to think about what we've normalized, right? What we have known as normal is actually 
the standards of a fallen and sin-sick world. When you take a moment to step back and just kind of, man, remove yourself from your, your environment for just a moment, you recognize the greater world around you. And when you start to do that, man, what, what we consider normal, we're pulling that from a place that is that what's normal is actually fallen. What's normal is actually corrupted. What's normal, right, is actually where evil and the enemy has domain. Y'all hearing me today, right? And, 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 and so it, it's a world that the enemy has, right? He's been given dominion, right, by, by people through sin and living lives that are counter to God's design. Like that's, that's just where we are. And so, right, and so that, that, again, that brings us back to, right, the question, well, what's normal then, right? If, if I was just to give you like the Webster's Dictionary, what is this? It's conforming to the standard. It's conforming to the standard and adhering to the usual, the typical, or the expected. So when you take that step back and you start examining the world, okay, that means if we're conforming to the world, if we're conforming to the standard, if we're considering that normal, right, then what we're adhering to is the world's usual. What we're, what's typical for us is the world's typical. What's, what we expect is what the world expects and, and we know that that is a corrupted standard, and we have to be mindful of that. And so everything that we're seeing and experiencing in the world today, right, and all of the hate and all the greed and all the talk, the online talk and all the chatter and all the, even the pain, the real pain and destruction that people are going through, we have to recognize that it's a result of people choosing to conform to a standard and to a way of life that is different than God's desire for mankind. It's different than what he actually designed this world to look like. We, man, we have to remind ourselves of that because it's so easy to feel like what the world deems normal is our normal. It's easy to kind of fall back to that place where we're just so leaning into that normal that we actually lose what the, what the Lord is trying to tell us here. And so sadly, we've made that the standard, right? That is the way of life, right? That all those things that are unrelated to God, man, that, 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 that are devoid of what we receive through, right, the promise of Jesus Christ that he's given us and through the Holy Spirit, right? We've made all of that our standard. We've all done it. We've made all of that our standard, right? That's, that's our usual. That's our typical. And that's our expectation in life. That has become the normal. And unfortunately, people have accepted that normal as the fullest extent of, of what they can reach, right? That's the height. That's the only possibility is what we see in the world. That's, that's it, right? That's, that's, that's all we got. And, and, and to me, I'm sorry, and I, I got it's just it's just sad when you look at the condition of the world, especially now, especially in the season that we're in. It's it's incredibly sad to see. But I believe and I truly believe this, that people in this season, because of the season that we're in, that we are finally waking up to the fact that, look, normal isn't working. Yeah. It's, not, it's not working for us anymore. Right. And, and there are so many people that are yearning to leave that normal. 
there's an inner desire that people have to do something different in their lives, right? To find a different way, a new way, right? Because they're understanding that how they were designed and, and man, how we are designed, right? We're not designed to be normal. That's, that's not where we're supposed to be. And, and, and I believe this truly with all my heart that, man, when, when you start to look into the word, Look into the word. Now, just hold it up. Open the word up, right? When you start to look into the word, right, what, what, what happens, right, is that this now becomes a mirror for our lives. So what it does for me in the moment is that it, it allows me to, man, let me see me. Not, I'm not looking through a window to the world. I'm looking at a mirror to my life. And so, man, if, if I'm holding up a mirror, I'm no longer focused on what's going on in the world. Man, I'm focused on that mirror and seeing me. And the word allows me to check me versus looking at everything that's going on. Man, let, let me just see what, what, what's going on with me right now. That's what happens when, when we start to look into the world. And, right, and what happens is, is we can remove right, the, the plank that if we look into the word that we can see in our own eyes, right? And, and we can begin to visualize through the word who we're actually called to be. And we can look into the word and realize, oh, this is what life is actually supposed to be like, right? And, and it's a place when, when we're connected to God, when we're submitted to his will, right? And, 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 and we're being used by him, so important, we're being used by him. We recognize by looking into the word that this looks nothing like the normal that we know out here. Yeah. And this now becomes who we're supposed to be. This, this isn't normal. It's abnormal when you compare it to everything else. But man, it's, it's, when you look at the word, it looks nothing like normal. We read that, like 1 Peter 2, 5, 9. I love that, right? It says, right, we hear Peter saying here, right? You are living stones. You're living stones, right? He's saying you are pieces, right? I, I could think of like a, a, leg, a Lego block, right? You are something that God's saying, look, I'm going to take you and I'm going to use this to build up what I have designed in the world. Yeah. You, we as believers, we are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple, right? Where his spirit resides. And what's more, I love the word says here, you are his holy priest. What does that mean? That means that you are clean, that you are pure, that you are set apart, that you are designed to handle divine things. Wow. Right? And through the mediation of Jesus Christ, what we do is we offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And as the scriptures say, right, the Lord says here, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem. He's placing Jesus there. He's chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Why is it okay for me to leave normal? Because the trust that I'm putting in, right, is actually going to someone that God is honoring and who's worthy of great honor. And, and I know if I put my trust in him, I'm never going to be disgraced, right? And it goes on to say, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor that God has given him. But here's the flip side. For those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. What does that mean? That means it's the most, A, it's the most important stone, the most important piece of the building. Yeah. 
right? That's the cornerstone. That is what everything else is based off of, right? Verse 8 says, and he is the stone that makes people stumble. We talked about this in another series before. My wife and I were talking about this week that what happens is that at eventually at some point, you're going to run into Jesus. As much as you might try to stay away from him, eventually you're going to have an encounter with him. And, and either you're going to honor him and recognize him for who he is, or you're going to stumble over him. And, and that's, what, that's how God sets him in place, right? Why do we stumble? We stumble because we do not obey God's word. That's why we stumble. And so we meet the fate that was planned for us if we, man, reject God, right? But the word says, you're, man, you're not like that. Man, if you're here and you're a person, you're watching online, if, you, if you've been stumbling, please know that you're not like that, but that there's something that you can do. That's not who you're designed to be. You are a chosen person. You are a royal priest. You are part of this holy nation and you are God's very own possession. That's what the word says. And what the world believes is normal. So we've got to know that because I am these things, because God sees me this way. What the world sees as normal is not my standard. What the world sees as this is what we should do. That's not what we should do. Why? Because we recognize that the world is always going to run counter to what God says. Always. Never fails. They're not, if anything that is aligned with God, if you see the world going in a different direction, that should be a sign for us of exactly what's going on, right? Holiness is our standard. Being set apart, being a royal priest, being chosen and knowing that that's that's our standard, right? That spiritual connection and purpose that we find in God, that's our standard. And we find that standard defined and displayed in God's word. That's where we see it. So, man, how can I know what the standard is? It's by knowing this word. What separates those who believe from those who are subject right to the standard of the word is not only listening or reading it, but being obedient to God's word, right? Because we allow ourselves to be consistently, we talked about this last week, what the word does, right? The word cuts us to the heart. We talked about that last week. When I, when I indulge in a word, when I'm looking into the mirror, it shows me the pimples that I got all over my face. <laughs> so I can see the imperfections and I can do this. I can turn away from the word I can look away from the mirror and kind of go on like everything's okay, or I can look in and see the imperfections and I can do something about it. Come on. So good. I can do something to work on me and to change me. How do I know that I can do something? The word tells us, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and it is active, right? It is sharper than any double-edged sword. What does that mean? It means it cuts real good. So if it's going to cut to the heart, man, it's going to cut me exceptionally well. When I look into the word, why am I cut? We talked about the last week. The word is offensive, right? The gospel is offensive. So it's going to cut hard. 
That's why people don't like to open up the word. That's why you got duff, blow it off, right? You got to open up the word, right, and dive into it so that you can you recognize that you're looking into a mirror. It's something that's supposed to change you from the inside out. It says in the word in, in Hebrews 4.12, right, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It divides the part of me that's like God from the part of me that's like the world. It, it's, it separates the my emotions and, and who and who who I, who I want to be, right? All that part of you, it separates you from the part that's most like God and connected to God, that spiritual part of you, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It lets me know where, we talked about this last week, where my position in my heart and what the condition of my heart is. That's what the word does for us. And so here, right, I've told you every week, I'm going to tell you, man, here's what we believe and why we believe. And I'm going to give it to you early this week. We believe in the word of God. We fully believe in the word of God. And in its ability to help guide and transform our lives. And when we not only, not only when we hear it, but when we put its truth and guidance into practice by doing what it says. And so what we do by looking into the word and hearing it, but also choosing to apply it, is we make a willful decision to leave the world and to trust in what the word says. That's why in James 1, right, says there, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and do what? Humbly accept the word that is planted in you. Here's the thing about it. You got to plant the word. There's no way to accept it if, if you're not allowing the seeds from the word to drop into your heart, right? And why? Because it has the power to save you. That's what the word says there. And so that's why he says, look, you can't just listen to the word. It can't just be a Sunday message for you and that's it. And it, and it can't just be hearing a Sunday message or hearing a podcast or, or man, hearing audio tape or honestly even reading the word, right, and never applying it. There has to be practical application to all of our lives. It can't just be, man, man, listening to the word. Why? Because if we do that, we're deceiving ourselves. The word says, do what it says. Just do it. Just do it, right? Well, PK, well, that's not normal. Look, to the world, doing what the Bible says is not normal. I fully get that. The world doesn't want to do, right, what the word says, right? Because, well, again, here's the thing. I can see how much the world is suffering without leadership and direction from the word. We can see it clearly, right? And so what, what does it let you know? It lets you know, right, it's not that the word isn't ex existent. It's not that, it's that we don't have access to it. We have more access to the word than we've ever had. This generation can, we can pull up the word in a moment on a phone. We, ne we have never had the uh, ability to do that until this generation, right? So it's not that we don't have access. What, what, what we're not doing is being obedient to it. That's the difference, right? Uh, it's, not, it's not that we have, look, we got every translation under the sun. How do you want it spoken to you? Look, you got every way to NIV, NLT, KJV, NKJV, look, ESV, what, however you need it. ABC, one, two, three, if you need it that way, you have it available to you, but none of that matters if we, if we're, if we don't apply it, if we're not obedient to the word. 
That, that, that obedience to the word, that's the disconnect, right? For those that are struggling and stumbling, right? Those that are running into Jesus, right? And they're stumbling. What's the disconnect? It's obedience to the word. And, and sometimes we wonder, you know, in our own personal lives, well, why am I still dealing with the same things? Man, why, why am I still going through, you know, the, the stuff that I've been dealing with over and over again, man? Why, why am I not growing spiritually, man? Why, why am I still in the same place? Why don't I feel like I hear from God? I would question if you're obedient to the word. King David, right, upon his death, he is, he's a father giving a download to his son. He's providing information to his son. And he's saying, look, here's, here's what I want you to do. If you do nothing else, these are the last words I'm going to speak to you. This is, the, this is the stuff that I want you to know from a dad to a son, right? And he gives his advice to Solomon. He says this in 1 Kings 2. He says, observe what the Lord your God requires, right? This is the download that the father gives to a child, that a parent gives to a child, right? And he goes on to say, walk in obedience to him, Right? So observe what the Lord requires, right? Listen to the word, digest the word, read it, memorize it, study it. But he goes on to say, walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses, right? He says, do this, (laughs) do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. It's the same, the same thing God tells, right? The same thing Peter says to us at the end of, of, of the passage we read earlier. It's to do this. Why? It's not so that you can be blessed, not, not for that sole purpose. It's to do it because on the other side of it is blessing, yeah. right? And he says, man, follow it, do this, and so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Look, as, as a parent, when you give advice, as a father, when you give advice, when you give correction, when you give encouragement, if you're a parent here, you can just say amen because you've given a lot of it, right? When you give that to your children, right, you're doing it so that they will be blessed and prosperous. That's what we all desire. I, I, I don't know too many parents that that's not their goal. There are some, but most good parents, you want your kids to be blessed and you want them to prosper in this world. And your hope is that they're listening. That's your hope, right? Your hope is that they're listening. And not only will they listen, but that they'll be obedient to apply that wisdom that you've given them, right? We tell our daughter, Christine, the older one, right? A, watch out for the little one. Because the little one will try to run the big one over, right? So watch out for the little one, right? But we we tell her, look, you've got got two jobs in this world right now. The first job is, is... to, to go to school, right? That's job number one. The second job, which is probably more important than the first one, is to be obedient. With, with the things that we tell you, look, I, if, if you do nothing else, if you go to school and do your best and you're obedient, that's half the battle. Right? Do those things, right? Apply the wisdom, right? And, and we, we ask them as parents to do this, to be obedient. Why? Because we want them to avoid the potholes, we, we know that about here in Jackson, right? We want them to avoid the pitfalls of life that will come because those things are going to come, right? And so we're, right, God gives us his word and he encourages us to be obedient for those same exact reasons because he cares about us and he's trying to teach us what we need to know. Romans 15 says this, it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they provide that we might have hope. He's given us his word so that we can be taught by the scriptures 
and, man, have hope for our future, that we would be prosperous, right? So we're not just inspired by the Bible's moral virtues. I hope you're inspired, but we're not just inspired, right? We don't just allow its spiritual depth to lead us. And I hope you're allowing its spiritual depth depth to lead you, right? Man, I, I hope that you're not just getting, man, uh, mediation or, or educational insight from the Word. I Look, there were, it's not just for that. I hope you're getting that, but it's not just for that. And we don't just study, right, right the, the ethical underpinnings, right, of, 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 of the stories that we see here. I hope that you are seeing that displayed in here, right? But more than just do seeing those things, right, we have to obey the Word and do what it says, yeah. So yes, find all of that contextual meaning. Man, do all the research. Hallelujah for it. I'm grateful that you're doing that. Study the word, memorize it, right? Write it down, journal, all the things that, that you do, but then do it. Amen. Just do it, yeah. right? Don't just read it and memorize it and study it and get all this contextual meaning and concept and, and man, you're, you're looking up every concordance and then you don't actually apply it to your lives. Don't just watch a sermon on a Sunday, and I do a lot of them, right? Don't just watch a sermon on a Sunday and then don't take it and apply it to your life, especially if you're struggling. Just do it. <laughs> just do the word, right? The word brings life when it's applied to how we live daily, right? The word is, look, this word is useless if it's never used. It's useless if it's never used. If it's just used for educational purposes, if it's just used for inspirational purposes, that's great. But if you don't use it, it it's useless. There are a lot of people who have a ton of Bible knowledge, but have a hard time with being obedient to the word. And their lives are reflective of that. James 1 tells us, look, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, after seeing himself, right, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What is that telling us? Man, you can look into this word so much. And if you're not applying it, you can step away and forget everything that you just saw. Why? Because there's never any application. But whoever looks intently, what does that mean? That means you are intentional. I'm not looking at it just to gain educational or inspirational knowledge. I'm intentionally looking at it to see where is Man, where am I disfigured? Where am I messed up? Where, what, do I need to, what do I need to fix? I'm looking at it intentionally for the reason to see what else do I need to work on? What do I need to fix? Man, what do I need to see so that I can, man, so that I can do it, right? Right, it says here, right, verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, that means you continue to look and see it, not forgetting what they've heard or what they've read or what they've seen, but doing it. The people that do it will be blessed in all they do, right? And this is such a fitting description of why the body of Christ, right, why you as a believer have to be okay with being different than the world. It's because our freedom hangs in the balance. And it's based on, on our ability, right, to obey the word. Psalms 119, 9 through 16 says this. It says, look, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? 
by living according to your word, right? I believe it's David here is writing this. He says, look, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statuses as one rejoices in great riches. Right? I, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Look, there's tons of information to be gotten from the word. Our society is obsessed with information and gaining knowledge, inhaling culture and politics and media and entertainment. And we've done it more in these last three months than we ever have. And we believe that all those things bring us freedom and blessing. Dr. Ravi Zacharias, an awesome man of God, brilliant educator of the word, apologetics master, passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he said this, and I love this quote. He said, the reason we have 17,000 pages in our law books is because we cannot follow 10 lines in a tablet made of stone. We have all this information, but we can't apply the 10 things in the, in the, in the Old Testament that the Lord told us to do. So it's not the access to the information or the wealth of information that's the problem. It's the obedience to the information that we're, y'all hearing me today. It's the obedience to the information that we're given. And that's why I said, we fully believe in the word. We fully believe in it. I believe in the information. I believe in all the context and culture that you'll get from this. But what I, what I really believe that this is a guide to transform our lives that we not only hear it and we, we hear the values, but we put those things into practice, that we apply them to our lives. Why do we believe it, right? When I told you, I'll, I'll say, I'll give you the, the, the what we believe and the why. Here's the why. It's because it was given to us by God. And it was declared true by Jesus. If you're still questioning, well, man, is, is, is the word right for me? Is it something I should be following? Look what John 17 says. Jesus is speaking and he says, look, I, he's speaking to the Lord. He says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them. Why? Because they're not normal. For they, look, he says it right there. For they are not of the world. You're not normal anymore than I am of the world right? My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, right? So Jesus' prayer is not that we would be absent from what's going on. But what does he say, right? He says, but I pray that you protect them from the evil one, right? They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And so look what he says here. And we talked about this last week. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. What we, what we did last week is we talked about sanctification and, and the importance and the need for that in the, in, in the world. And what does the Lord say? Look, where you're going to get that from, that sanctification, that spiritual growth, it's going to be from not only listening and hearing, but applying the word to your life. And he says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Ultimately, 
If we want to continue in our sanctification, if we want to continue in our spiritual growth, man, we have to begin to visualize. I just thought of, thought of that movie, uh, I think it's Waterboy. Visualize an attack, right? Visualize an attack, right? We have to do that. We have to visualize an attack, right? We have to begin visualizing who, we, who we're actually called to be and what life is supposed to be like right? When we're connected with God, I said this at the beginning, when we're connected with God and our lives are submitted to him and we're being used by him as living stones. And it looks nothing like normal. I'm ending here. James 1.25 tells us, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. My encouragement for us today is to not only hear the word or merely listen to the word, but figure out that this is a mirror and that this helps me to see me. And this helps me to see where I'm weak and where I'm struggling and where I might have messed up, and where I've gone wrong, and it helps me to begin to apply this word to my life. That I would not just hear the word or listen to the word, but I would take the step further to just do it. To not only take the information that's here, but to see, man, Lord, where does this fit into my life? Lord, I'm struggling I might be struggling in a particular area. I might be struggling in my thought life. Man, I, I might be struggling in, 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 in how I perceive people or how, people, how I think people perceive me. I might be struggling in, in, in my ethical standards in my business. I might be struggling in my finances. I might be struggling in so many ways, and I'm consistently stumbling. I'm consistently stumbling because I, I recognize that I'm running into Jesus consistently. And for some reason, every time I run into him, I'm stumbling instead of sustaining. I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling instead of succeeding. I believe that the Lord wants us to know that now is the time to not be normal. It's time to just do what the word says. To just take this word, take this mirror and look into it and see what God is saying to you in this season. We spend so much time, so much time breaking down the word and looking into the word. And I look, I love my job. I, I don't want to do anything else in my life ever again. But even my teaching on a Sunday means nothing if you don't take what the word, the Lord has given me through his Holy Spirit and given to you, if you don't take it and apply it. And look, my, my, the Lord is going to ask me, Son, did, did, did you teach my word? And I'm going to say, Lord, I did. And I hope that you're not in the, in, in the registration line for heaven, right? That, that the Lord's not checking your temperature when you walk through the door. And you try to, well, well, well PK didn't tell me. No, 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 no. I put the mirror up. And I'm encouraging you to put your own mirror up. 
and to look into your lives. But look, I can't, beloved, I can't do this for you. We've all got to do this for ourselves. And we've got to know that this word is true enough and it's not going to disgrace us. And it's, and it's, and Jesus declared it true and God has given it to us. And he said, look, I want you to, man, I, all the spiritual blessings and the sanctification and the spiritual growth, I'm trying to give it to you. But if we never do it, we'll be in the same place a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, a decade from now. And I believe it's in this season that God is looking for a church. He's looking for a people that are willing to say, God, I want to do your word. I don't want to just hear it, but Lord, I want to do it. So God, I pray for all of us right now, wherever we are, in our cars, in our homes, in the room right now. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would help us in our, in, in our failures, God, to not obey your word, to not apply it to our lives, to not do it. God, would you give us, man, a, 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 new, a new vision, a new, a new way to see your word? Lord, if that's what it takes for us to finally apply it, to finally do what it says, Lord, whatever it takes, Lord, I pray that you would give it to us. You'd help us to understand what your word says so that, man, we can finally do it in our lives. Why? Because your word says, if we do it, we'll be blessed. Lord, I want your people to be blessed. I know that you want us to prosper as a father desires, desires for his children to prosper. Lord, I know today on this Father's Day that you would love nothing more from your children than that they'd obey your word and that they'd be blessed from it. And so, Lord, I thank you that you've given us your word that it speaks to the life of Jesus Christ and all that he did in his life to show us that we could live connected to you. God, I pray in this next moment that as we take a moment, man, to even pray for those who may not have a relationship with you but desire to. They want to be blessed and prosperous. They want to start to know how to apply the words to their life, Lord, that you would give them the fortitude to, to accept you and to believe in your son, who is the physical embodiment of your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. If you wanna hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.